It's showtime, baby. Let's go. Woo! I'm here to ask me Jeff Trenopole, and as always, I bring you sports from West Side Point of View right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of some of the best barbecue wings around. If you have not checked them out yet, go check out Midwest's Best Barbecue. I suggest the Uno Wings, the G-Funk Wings. Hell, they even got Grippa Wings. They are delicious. Go check them out. What's up to everybody who's watching the show? I am live streaming on ZTV, YouTube, Facebook, X, Twitter, where you go, Rumble, and Everybody listens on the podcast. What's up? It's on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Play, pretty much where you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. And as always, you know what? I come to you live from this glorious place down here. It's the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And Dave Lapham knows it. I know it. The Bengals hit the jackpot when we drafted Joe Burrow. That's why we call him Jackpot Joey. Anyway, if you guys want any of the gear, the hats, the hoodies, the flags, any of that stuff, go to jackpotjoey9.com. Remember, portions of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Foundation. So you're not only wearing cool stuff, you're also supporting Joe's uh, cause. And if you guys are in the market for any kind of windows and doors, I just got new windows and doors in my uh, house here about a year ago from Meyer Windows and Doors. Give them a... Chance, they, like I said, my house, the ice cave, it's not cold down here. It's nice and warm. I still call it the ice cave. Uh, the the It's nice and cool in the summertime and nice and warm in the wintertime. My windows were drafty, broke, and just generally I need to get new ones. So give my door and windows a shout out. They will give you free estimates. And you can actually see the uh, Jackpot Joy Mobile too if you want to check that out. What's up to everybody in the chat? We've got, who's in there first? Wells is in there. Uh, Brad's in there. Robert's in there. Paul's in there. But you, wow, you have to blow it up. It's like you guys do. Dave Lapple is going to be here. And like everybody shows up. Like, like you know, I do the show every day. And like half the people don't show up. And I get Dave Lapple on and everybody shows up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's get to the man that we I like to refer to as Mr. Bengal. He's Dave Lapham. Lap, what's going on, brother? What's happening, Strawberry Ice? You the man. <laughs> Thanks, brother. How are you? How's your off season going? It's going pretty well. Going pretty well. It's uh, you know, it's still uh, still recovering from uh, a long grind of the season, but uh, it gets uh, it gets harder and harder as the years roll on. But you know, it, it was it was a interesting year. Without Joe Burrow, still had a chance, had a winning record, three straight winning records. So I yep. thought uh, I thought they acquitted themselves pretty well, particularly Jake Browning. I mean. 
The Bengals are in a situation now. It's a quarterback during the league. They get the best starting quarterback in the NFL and the best backup in the NFL. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. I'll, I'll take it because, uh, Dave, I had this conversation on here more times than I like to admit that. Me, I always kept saying, if Joe Burrow gets hurt, it doesn't matter. The season's over. This, this team revolves around Joe Burrow. Right. Jake Browning damn near took us to the playoffs. I mean, if we could beat the, one or two more games, we, we could have been in the playoffs. And you're not – you never know. You get in, and who knows what's going to happen. But, I mean, that, that bodes well moving forward, at least for this year, that we have uh, established good quarterback. And from what uh, Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor said in their press conference today, that seems like Joe is progressing uh, with his wrist and everything is on schedule as far as we know. So, hopefully he'll get back and he'll be uh, – I'm hoping he'll be thrown by, by minicamp. Do you think that's – is that – the timetable of he might be thrown around them, or is that pushing a little bit too much? No, I think that's the hope. You know, I, I they they say that he's on schedule, maybe even a little bit ahead of it. But you know, this uh, this ligament that was torn on the top of the wrist, I mean, it's a moderately rare injury. Um, and the surgery went successfully, though, that's for sure. And he's got a pin in there, and they have it in there for I think it's, it's going to be at least a three month time frame. So, um, but I, I think the projection is that. He'll still have velocity, still have accuracy. He won't. He won't lose any of that. But it's just a, a freak injury. I mean, his, his his hand was in this position when he hit the ground and rolled his hand up under his arm and yep. tore that ligament. So it's a freak injury for sure. And that's why I, I I keep trying to tell people. I mean, a lot of Chiefs fans, a lot of Bengal haters are coming coming after Joe. And when they say, say stuff like, "Oh, uh, Glass Joe, he he's injury prone," they're like, "Well, you know, two of his four seasons he didn't finish." I'm like, "I know, but both injuries." Are not common injury, injuries. I mean, they're both freak, freak injuries. They could have happened even if we had the greatest offensive line in the world. They both could have happened. It's just it's football. That's kind of I don't I don't think Joe's injury prone. He's just been kind of unlucky. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been caught in some unlucky positions and you know been awkward the way his you know like his hand was on that on that particular uh, that particular play. I mean, the odds of that happening being having that hand tucked underneath that way is I don't know I don't know what they are, but um, you know it's. I've seen in the National Football League guys the first few years in the league they just can't stay healthy. Then they have a ten-year run where they never get hurt. Right. And I've seen vice versa. I've seen guys start start their careers with ten healthy seasons and all of a sudden can't stay healthy to the end of the season. So you you just never know. I mean, the football gods uh, have their own own way of handling it, I guess. But I I do think there's no doubt that it's it's not due to lack of conditioning, lack right. of whatever. I mean, th- right. this guy is as is, is focused as anybody can possibly be on doing everything the way he needs to get it done in the right way to, to uh, complete a season. That's for sure. Exactly. All right, like I said, when we started this thing, the, the chat is blowing us. So people want to ask you some questions here. So let's get to a couple of them here. Robert here says, uh, lap the legend. What are Dave's thoughts on our biggest needs for the team? Any players he has looked at on tape wise, like, like in the upcoming draft. Thanks. Appreciate you. Who day. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, the, uh, Obvious needs are, you know, you, you got to you look, got to look at where they're where they're losing players. You know, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, though, you look at it. Uh, they have twenty free agents. They get nineteen now now because they tagged uh, T Higgins, mm-hmm. but they don't have a tight end under contract. No, I mean, you know, they've got uh, one that's an unrestricted free agent, and that's the uh, that's the tight end that you know Drew Samples giving them the most snaps, and then Mitchell Wilcox and and Tanner Hudson are, are both restricted free agents. So, you know, obviously, got to get a tight end under contract. And, and I mean, if they can somehow, I've seen in one mock draft where Bowers ends up at number 18. If you can get a guy like that, the tight end, um, that caliber out of Georgia, I mean, he's not only, 
he, he, he could fill two needs for him. I mean, he could fill a tight end position need as a receiver. And he can also play slot. I mean, this guy has got, he's not huge, but he's got good size. He, uh, he's got really good speed for his size. He, he runs good routes. I mean, he could literally uh, be a be a slot receiver for him in some way, shape, or form as well if they flex him out from the tight end position. So, I mean, th- this guy, if he were there at 18, you'd have to, you'd have to think about that. But, you know, I, I think there's, it's it's a very very deep draft at the tight end position and particularly at the uh, the offensive tackle position and I've seen a couple of mock drafts where you know I, I don't know if it's Latham or Latham only a T and a P is the only difference in the way we spell our names and I've had people calling me Latham <laughs> so I don't know if it's Latham or Latham hey my last name's Trinipole you don't want to know what the heck I got called sometimes <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> I mean this, this is a big kid out of Alabama man he's he's <laughs> You know, six whatever, three hundred whatever, and he runs sub four nine forty. Right. I mean, it's crazy, like four eight five forty. I mean, and and he's he's very smooth. He's very athletic. I mean, I've seen I've seen him. You know, be the guy uh, in 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 a few drafts. Uh, Fuaga, the kid from Oregon State. I I just can't believe that he's going to be there. Um, yeah, Mims uh, could could possibly be there out of Georgia. Uh, so I it, I mean there there's some candidates at the at the tackle position for sure. And I think that if, if any of those guys were there, they they probably consider that. I mean, the depth the depth at the wide receiver position is strong this year as well. But you know, you just drafted a couple of young guys last year that um, are going to continue to develop. Uh, you know, they they had good rookie campaigns. There's no question about it. Yossi Vosh has got size. He's got speed. He's got intelligence. Uh, you know, he ended up with four touchdown catches down the stretch. Uh, you know, it, it's. They're they're in pretty good shape there. It's it's not like they have to make a move there. Charlie Jones has ended up being a guy that's versatile, can play a few spots. He can return kicks as well. Uh, Trenton Irwin is 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 one of the guys that's a that's an unrestricted free agent at the receiver position. So I I don't know. It's it's like if if some receiver that they have pretty high in their board slides because it's so deep, you know, right. at that at that uh, position. They could pull the trigger on that uh, potentially at uh, at eighteen as well. Who knows? I mean, it's pretty good in the edge rush category as well. But again, they got Miles Murphy. They got some Osai. They got some young guys they want to develop. Is that a huge need? But man, you can never have enough of those kind of guys. Right, you know? so, right. I mean, if, if one of those guys slides, it's like, what the hell is this guy doing at eighteen? Um, you know, they could they could pull the trigger, you know, in, in many ways. And uh, so their their roster, it's not like they have, you know. With DJ Reader's injury, you got to think. Uh, gotta, Do you think he's coming back? Do you think? I think. Gotcha? I, th- oh, I, I think, think they are. But. I think he will. I think he'll come back. And the question is, will he come back at the level that he was right. before the injury? I mean, mm-hmm. he had the other one injured. Yeah, uh, he's torn the patella tendon now in both knees, and he came back from the other one. But that was like three or four years ago. You know, now he's got a little bit more wear and tear on him overall, and and he has the same injury, but. He's doing pretty well. I mean, he's he's had a schedule in the rehab process as well, and he's a genetic freak, so I wouldn't discount him. And and now he's he's an unrestricted free agent, mm-hmm. but the price tag on him because of that injury. I mean, other teams in the league are like, ah, boy, he's pushing right. thirty mm-hmm. coming off that injury. You know, that's why I think we might be able to get him back a uh, proven deal or something like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it'll be a, a a situation. Unfortunately for him, right? You know, I think I think it hurt. His uh, his chances. I think other teams are maybe going to balk a little bit, and I think the Bengals may be able to get him to return for a little bit less money than uh, than he had he had thought he might be able to get. Unfortunately for him, so we'll see see how it all shakes down. Now, one thing I, I want to ask your opinion on this with the with the wide receivers, Yosu Austin and uh, Charlie Jones. Do you see 
Uh, and he didn't do that do it this year, but I think he could. Do you see them trying to put Yoshi in the slot a little bit more next year, or do you think they put him on the outside and Chase in the slot more? Which one do you think they might might do? I think they can do both. You know, I, I think the the one thing that the, that the wide receiver group prides itself on is being able to play every single position. You know, X, Z, flank or split end in the slot. You know, they they they, uh, they want to be interchangeable. Mm-hmm. in that in that regard and they want to have guys that are capable of playing all those position groups and try to get favorable matchups accordingly either by formation or motioning to it or whatever the case may be so i mean i i think that's uh that's almost like a prerequisite it's, it's like hey you know if you're going to play wide receiver for the cincinnati Bengals, you have to have some versatility to you right. you're not just an x you're not right. just a z you're not just a y receiver you're you got to be able to uh give us a little bit of, of it all uh, I got a lot, lots of people in here uh, wanting to vote you for uh, Ring of Honor. So I, I'm t- I'll put it out here now. Let's put Corey Dillon and Dave Lapham in the Ring of Honor next year. I, th- <laughs> I think we should do that. That, that, w- that would be awesome. Um, now, poor job here. And th- uh, this is another one that I, I've started to fall in love with. Uh, JPJ, uh, uh, Jason, I think Jason Powers Johnson. I think I'm saying his name right. A uh, lot, lots of people on Twitter are talking about him at 18. Uh, what are your, what's your thoughts on him, Lap? Like, value at 18. He's a center that, that's actually played – Guard and I think tackle out of I want to say Texas I think it is I can't remember I think I think that's the school somebody in the chat will help me out I I'm, yeah I'm not I'm not sure of the school either but I do know uh, that he's he's I've seen him late first round uh, I've seen him you know just after the middle of the first round so I mean he's probably a guy that'll be in that in that area yeah, that that part of uh, conversation as yeah, Oregon uh, that's where he's at Oregon Oregon yeah. He 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 probably be in a group of players in that discussion, but um, I th- I think they I think they feel like you know with with Jonah Williams the situation with him I think they feel like first and foremost particularly in the first round if it's an offensive lineman it wouldn't shock me if it's a tackle and not an yeah. interior guy I, I well I I've put it this way I'm like I, I've been saying this on a show here is is I'm waiting to see what they do in free agency I think the Bengals are probably going to do what they did in 2021, sign a whole bunch of, and I hate to say lower tier guys, but because these, these guys have been great players for us, like Trey Hendrickson and and, and uh, Mike Hilton and Chidi Bayouzi, you know, they weren't the you know the upper guys, they were they were proven guys where they got them in the right time of their career and they took off. I think that's what they're going to try to do again this year, but then it depends on who they sign. Like so let's just say if they sign Illuminor from the Raiders, you sign him to a one year deal. I still think they're going to draft. A, a, a right tackle if they if they sign him now they sign Trent Brown or, or one of these other guys uh, to a longer term contract then I don't think they're going to draft one I mean what what's your, what's your thoughts I mean on that whole situation there yeah I mean I I wouldn't have a problem with uh, with if they do sign whoever the veteran uh, free agent is that they they uh, double down and, and draft one as well that would that would not that would not hurt my feelings whatsoever <laughs> you know I mean I think I think you can never have enough quality guys. And um, if you're if you can play tackle in the National Football League, you can kick inside and 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 you know play guard uh, as well. It's it's a little bit more difficult for most guys to go if he's predominantly a guard to kick out to tackle, but tackles uh, can definitely kick inside more readily and easily and, and and play that position. So I mean, it's it's like whoever, however you can get bodies that are capable to the party. Man, and having as many options as you can to put your best five guys out there, that there's no, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And that that would warm your 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 lineman heart there, right? Get, get yeah, some, get some no more problem with that. Lineman no there. 
you so, know, the other thing, the first, yeah. the first thing you have to do is decide who you're going to resign. And obviously, right. the only guy that's been tagged so far in the National Football League is T. Higgins. I did mean, that they, surprise they, you how, that they did it this early? Does that surprise you? Does that, do you read into that at all as, as early as it was? Because they didn't have to do it now. No, they didn't have to, but I think they wanted to make sure that, that you know, the message was sent. We want you. We value you. We, you know, right. and, and you, you can still, you know, there's a period where they can negotiate. Uh, and still try to get some kind of a long-term deal done. But let, let's face it. I mean, with uh, when you're looking ahead, you got to do the same thing with Jamar Chase. I mean, it's like, okay, one, and a lot of people are saying, well, tag and trade them. They can do that next year. They can tag yeah. them again next year. Why would right. you tag and trade them this year? Why don't you just tag them? And if it doesn't work out, can't get a long-term deal done where you feel like, all right, I've got this amount left. How much will the salary cap go up next year? It went up $30 million this year, yeah. 225 to $255 million. I mean, the Bengals are in the top five in, in salary cap space. So I think that was another reason. Man, now you get all this other room to play. Let's ta- let's get that part of it over with right there. And we know we've at least got him, you know, for a year to run it back. Um, I don't know. I mean, I if the tag and trade thing to me, uh, you know, Duke Tobin was very, very adamant about we value T. Higgins. We like right. T. Higgins. We want T. Higgins. So, I mean, they they, they wanted to make sure that, that he was going to be with them for – at least next season and maybe hopefully longer. Yeah, like he said, uh, he, he he said that on his press charts that they value T. And you know, like he said last year, he said, I'm not in the business of making other teams better. And like, like you said, they could tag him again next year. So, I mean, there's no reason they have to do anything else right now. Now, the, the I don't want to say problem is, or what makes me think that they're not going to be able to sign him is his agent, David Mulgaard. It's the same one as Jesse Bates and... His whole job, and I've said this before, the guy's doing his job. His whole job is to get his player as much money as he can. Sure, and, and he's really good at it. And he's gotten a lot of his players uh, big contracts. So, for but, I don't go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you look at it in, around the league to have a quarterback like Joe Burrow and have two number ones. Literally, these guys yeah. are one A and one B. They're two mm-hmm. number one receivers. Man, and and if you were to get say like a Bowers at the tight end position, which would be in my mind a pipe dream. Yeah. That guy is as a tight oh, end. Oh. You know, are you kidding me? Holy mackerel! That would be. Uh... Well, all right. I got. It. I got it. We'll, we'll sign. We'll sign a, a, a tier defense lineman. We'll sign a right tackle. And we'll drop uh, uh, Bowers. And if you had Bowers, just Dave. If you had Bowers, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, holy smokes, dude! Man, that, that would be that would be crazy. <laughs> you know, and the other thing, I mean, I've been saying the whole time is Joe Burrow structured his contract to yeah. try to leave money on the table to to make this happen to make sure that you can. Bring T. Higgins back and, and Jamar Chase for you know taking another shot at it. Um, you know J- Joe uh, basically deferred money and structured his contract to try to be as cap friendly as possible. Uh, it's a ton of money, obviously, that he's making, but it, it's how it's paid out. So I, right. I think I think he would have been you know uh, disappointed if they if they. You can't just let T. Higgins walk. You can't just, yeah, you can't. That's, you can't you let can't a guy that Alvin walk, man. Right. Yeah. That's, that's why I I didn't get with these national guys like oh I I wouldn't tag T I'm like you just let him leave I mean he's one of the best wide receivers in football I get nothing for him right I mean I, I mean I know 21 million dollars is a lot of freaking money for one year but that doesn't make any sense <laughs> to just and, let him and go you, and, you, and you look at the numbers the productivity when T Higgins is playing and when he isn't mm-hmm. I mean phew, the yards exactly. per catch touchdowns wins and losses I mean. The Bengals are a better football team when T. Higgins is out there with Jamar Chase. Believe me. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought up the the Joe Burrow thing because I know in his last press conference, I don't know if it was you or somebody did ask him about that. He said there's stuff in place, and I can't, I keep telling people I think there are things in place 
that Joe's put in there to, to try to help out to, to keep everybody together as much as he can. So that is an option. So, and that's to, just because we they tagged him, it ain't over. They still could sign him. I, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know yeah. if it's going to happen, but they still could. The window's still open. It's just he's not going anywhere. That's that's the biggest thing is they want to keep him. And I, I like that. I mean, I, I'm 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 excited about that. Well, Are you uh, if okay. they can tag him and then if other things don't evolve like they had hoped from a negotiating standpoint and get through all that and there's money left on the table, go back to negotiating with T on a long-term deal. I mean, they're just trying to give themselves some flexibility right. in terms of uh, dollars to negotiate with. But you do know that with him being tagged, you got him next year. Right. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's it's done. So um, with that being said, we got the NFL Combine uh, this week. Um, you're not there right now. Do you, are you planning on going to the combine no. at all? You, you stay no. here. Okay. So, yeah. um, did they have the NFL combine when when you got drafted? Oh hell no. <laughs> no. Did they have? Because no, I, I had I had Corey Dillon on, on on this week, and I asked him. I said, "Did they have pro days when you were you were there?" He said, "Yeah." Like, did they have pro days when, when you got drafted, or you just you just you just got drafted? It, there, there were no pro days, but uh, the Senior Bowl was huge. I mean, if you if you played in the Senior Bowl. You know, it was a great honor and all that. That was the best of the All-Star games. It was the college All-Stars playing against the World Championship team. Oh, wow. You know, that won the Super Bowl, you know, the year before. And so that that was, uh, you know, that was all, that was a great game. And in that game, I mean, man, when you uh, lined up, like I remember going in pass protection against Ed Tall jones who was the number one pick of the draft in my draft year. Yeah. And it's like, okay, and now all of a sudden, here come, I mean, you had owners. You had general manager, you had head coaches, you had Scott. Everybody's making a big circle around the one-on-one pass rush drill, and they're like right on top of you. And it's like they're just like checking out, seeing who can handle. I mean, there there wasn't even they didn't even tape practices. I mean, we didn't have when I was playing. It was sixteen millimeter film. I mean, there there were no cell phones. Oh yeah. Hey, I I I I've been around with their cell phones. I I I was talking to my 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 my. My mother-in-law and father-in-law still have a rotary phone. Yeah, and my daughter and them were like, "What? How do you make this?" Yeah, <laughs> like you don't know how to you don't know how to make that work. You know, like I guess not. They, they, think, they, they're, they think they're in a museum or something. <laughs> they they don't even know what a payphone is, Dave. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, right. I mean, we don't even have those anymore. It's just like uh, and it, yeah. it hasn't been that long. Like so, my daughter my daughter's about to turn twenty, and so it's so twenty years ago. It's two thousand four. Like, man. 20 years ago, to me, still seems like it should be like 1995 or something like that, <laughs> not 2004. I'm like, where the hell right. did time go? So, anyway, um, Mod's got something out here for you. He said your uh, 1975 team was one of the best ever. I've, I've said this about your teams in the 70s. If they had the playoffs like they do now or like they did in the 80s where more teams got in, you guys could have made some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that uh, that, that 1975 team, 11-3, and three, um, from a winning percentage, it's still the best team in, in Bengals history. The winning percentage, eleven and three, is better than twelve and four. When you just do the, you know, by right. minimal percentage points, or right. whatever. So that that football team was was really, really a, a good, a good football team. There's no doubt about it. And uh, you know, we we lost in the playoffs to the uh, Oakland Raiders by by three points. Uh, it was you know, it was anybody's game could have advanced. Uh, but that, but that that was that was a quality football team. That was the first uh, I got drafted by the Bengals in 1974, and um, didn't have a starting job, but worked. You know, got into quite a few of the games, both right and left guard, and worked through that process. And 
Then in 1975, got the uh, starting right guard job in that football team. And man, I'm telling you, there were Kenny Anderson was unbelievable that year. Uh, Isaac Curtis, uh, Chip Myers, Bob Trumpy was unbelievable. I mean, it was just it was a quality football team. We had Mike Reed, uh, you know, was playing defensive tackle. Um, Berge was uh, was had just been traded to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles at, at, at middle linebacker. We ended up playing the Eagles that year, and uh, that that was crazy. Uh, some of the offensive linemen that had been with Bill Berge, you know, I, I hadn't been because right. he was gone. He was traded after my uh, my for my rookie year, and it's like, man, there was a war going on with Bill Berge and those Eagles <laughs> offensive linemen. So, listen. That's a, that's a long time ago, man, but some, uh, some good memories. But, man, 50 years. That's 50 years ago. It's un- unbelievable. Um, yeah. I know. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be 50 next year. I was born in 75, so yes. Man, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? I've been doing something with these guys six decades, 70s, 80s, 90s, right. 2000s, 2010, 2020. Six decades and, and 50, 50 years, man. It, it is 50-plus years now. It's crazy. That's all. That's why I call you Mr. Bengal. I mean, you, you, you've been a part of this team's history almost since the beginning. So, I mean, that's where, like, you deserve to be in the Ring of Honor. And But how how frustrating is it when you just all, named off all those guys? If you if we had just won one damn Super Bowl, it could have changed so much stuff. Like, Ken Anderson would have already been in there. We wouldn't have had to fight for, for Leaping Lamar or, 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 or Ken Riley or any of these other guys. I mean, and, and – and I, th- I think I've answered this before on the show, but how in the hell is the San Diego? I always do this every time I, I bring his name up. I forget his name. The San Diego quarterback. How in the hell is he in? Dan Fouts. Yeah. How is he in the uh, uh, Hall of Fame? And Ken Anderson's not because I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure you guys beat him in the Freezer Bowl. I'm just saying to go to the Super Bowl and Dan Fouts never went to the Super Bowl ever. <laughs> I think right, that was the, right. I think that was the closest they got. I think. You're right. You're right. And, and, uh, but he got it a long time ago. And that, that's one argument I always have, Dave. It's like, okay, you said Ken didn't win a Super Bowl. Well, neither did he. He never even went to one. And he's in. Like, I don't – it doesn't make any sense to me, David. No, nobody can ever explain that to me. No, I hear you. And and everybody says, well, you know, he was part of Eric Coriel. And look at the yards they put up and the touchdown passes. And his numbers are crazy. Yeah, they and, are. Dan, oh, yeah. Dan Fouts' numbers are crazy. Yeah. There's no doubt. And, and he was he was part of Eric Coriel with Kellen Winslow and – you know, Charlie. Joyner. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in. I'm right. just saying don't hold. You're not holding the same thing against Ken Anderson. You're, you know, that's that's right. the thing that drives me nuts. And I look at I look at Ken Anderson in the beginning of his career. Like in 1975, um, we had uh, Bill Walsh mm-hmm. put together our our offense, and that offense was, you know, the West Coast, West Coast. offense. Yep. And and uh, and Kenny Anderson executed at a really high level. And man, you throw out Lamar Parrish, and I, I'm look, I'm thinking back in that in that defensive football team we were talking about. And the back end had Leapin' Lamar, Kenny Riley, Tommy Casanova. Yeah. Those three guys. All three of them Pro Bowl caliber players, mm-hmm. all in the same secondary for the Bengals. I mean, that team was a damn good football team, boy. Yeah. It, it, you, if you look back in the 70, early early to mid-70s teams, you guys had a lot of, of really good teams. Yeah, there's, there's stupid Steelers. <laughs> in, I know. In the way. We go 11-3 and three and we're the wild card. The Steelers won 12-2 and two and won the Super Bowl. Right. Unbelievable. Well, like, I was listening to the podcast. There was a year you guys, that, uh, I think, swept the Steelers and, and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. What, what, what year was that? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of what year it was. I heard that on podcast. I can't remember who said Might that. Might have been, was it 76? We went 10-4. and four. I can't remember. If it was, no, I don't think it was 76. 
I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But we're, I, that was the other thing. We went 11 and 3 and 75, 10 and 4 and 76. Mont so said we went, 79. We went 21 and 7 over a okay. two year span. And, uh, and, and we went 10 and 4 and didn't even make the playoffs in <laughs> 1976 with a 10 and 4 record. You had the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then you had the Houston Oilers with Kenny Stabler and Earl Campbell and Love You Blue and all that. And, and they went, they went, uh, um, the Steelers went 12 and 2. The Oilers go eleven and three. We go ten and four in that in the AFC Central division at that time, and we don't even make the playoffs because, like you said, <laughs> yeah. there's only one wild card team, right? And, and, and we didn't make it with a ten and four record. And the uh, the Oilers were the team that went. It was crazy. Yeah. It's that's enough to irritate you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, but that's what makes I think the last three years so much fun, especially for you for for being a lifelong Bengal. Being and I mean. I'm a lifelong Bengal fan, but you've been in the organization for 50 years. What's the last three years been like? I know this year didn't turn out the way we, we wanted to. If Joe stays healthy, that's you know we we know what what will happen. We'll go to the playoffs, and you never know what happens there. But what's the last three years for you been like? Going from the you know 70s to 80s, and then we went through the the dark decade of the 90s, and and then we had the, the, the you know the 2000s, and but now we're here where we are a legit Super Bowl contender. Every year, and it's not just us saying it. The national media are, are saying it. What's that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it cycles. Like you said, there have been some down times and some some good times. You know, five straight playoff appearances under Marvin Lewis. Didn't win any playoff games, but got there <laughs> five years in a row, yep. uh, which was you know a good run with Andy Dalton. And but but this one, I mean, it is. It's it's all predicated on keeping Joe Burrow healthy. The two years that he has played the entire season, they've gone to the Super Bowl and gone to the AFC Championship. The two years that he hasn't stayed healthy, they have not. Right. And last year almost did. Um, you know, they came within a, a whisker of uh, not you know, a playoff qualification with with Jake Browning doing doing close. some good work. So I, I mean, I, I'm just I, I think you know you have a quarterback of Joe Burrow's caliber, you 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 have a shot every single year. There's no doubt. I mean, it it is a quarterback driven league. There's no two ways about it. It always has been, but it's even more so now in this era. And um, I, I think I'm looking for the defense to make a big, big rebound yes. here. I think that, they're going to, I think they're going to, you know, stay healthier. You got some of the young guys in the back end that have a full year under their belt. Now I know year one to year two for me was like, Whoa, man, the light came on. I, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know as a rookie, but second year guy, you go through that rookie year and you get, you know, all the, all the uh, bumps and lumps you take and uh, you learn from it, man. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're a different player in year two, and I, I think that's going to be the case with a lot of those guys on the back end that had problems. Uh, you know, they just blew assignments. You know, yeah. a, a guys running wide open. It's not they don't have the talent, but from, from a mentality standpoint, they, you know, they weren't uh, secure in what they're supposed to do mentally. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to the defense having a big rebound. Yeah, that that to me, Dave, was the biggest disappointment of this year. It's how right this this defense played. Um, now, with that being said, a lot of the blown assignments and stuff like that, people are talking about communication, Dax Hill, Jordan Battle. With the, now, but everybody forgets when Bell and and Bates were under uh, Ludini's uh, coaching the first year or two, they weren't that good in, in the system either. Are you expecting a big leap from Battle and and uh, Dax this year as far as communication and getting everybody in the right right position? Absolutely, you know, and and I could see it last year. It starts with loose system. It starts from back to front. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you, the, the safeties are going are the ones that are communicating, making calls. 
And I remember many times this year, Logan Wilson turning around like, what is it? Make the call. You know, I mean, it's like it wasn't it wasn't necessarily. All right. The biggest problem was hesitancy. You know, it's like make a call and live by it. You know, don't leave. I'm not sure. So now, you know, if you're not making any call, you're making the call so late. It hurts every level of the defense. It starts from the back down. And Logan Wilson's trying to get it from the back end so he can communicate what he wants the front seven to do. Right. And man, when it's not, you know, if it's not all crisp and uh, and clean and clear, you got problems. So I think it's going to be light years better, in my opinion. Like I said before, light years better next year. Now, do you think they'll they'll add another veteran safety to to the room? Because I mean, let's be honest, Nick Scott was uh, left a little bit too to be desired. Uh, his tackling wasn't all there. Um, do you think they might upgrade to that? And just as far as the the back backup position, maybe replacing Nick Scott or maybe a- adding to that room. They could, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's it's a possibility. Again, the economics of it are going to play a play a big part in it. But I think they do feel like um, Jordan Battle and Dax Hill are high caliber starting level NFL safety. So I, I don't think they want to bring anybody in that would retard that development of right. that tandem. I think they want them to be the you know the one two punch at the safety position. It would be a guy like you say if there's one of them has an injury or whatever the case may be that the whole thing doesn't fall apart back there. Um, or, or they may just, they may stand pat and maybe take a guy in the draft in the, in a mid to late round in the, at the safety spot. I mean, there, there were options there for sure. The only thing I want to, I want to do get back to the draft and ask you about right tackle. And Duke Tobin said this uh, back when we drafted Jackson Carmen, that it takes a good two years to really develop a, 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 a offensive lineman and tackle. Uh, is that is that normal? I mean, is, is, does it really take that long? I mean, would you be I put this way, would you be comfortable if they drafted a right tackle rookie and put him in there and expect him to be, to be a plug and play uh, tackle to protect Joe Burrow? Well, you know, I know this guy's an unusual guy, but old number seventy eight. I mean, once you, when they drafted Anthony Munoz, the very first minicamp practice, I'm like, oh, they broke the mold when they made him. <laughs> yeah, we, we we got something unique here, and then yeah. let's see physically. I mean, it was he was just so dominant i mean he's the best athlete i've ever seen over 250 pounds i am not kidding you he his footwork his movement he was so fluid so smooth and that, that's what i'm tape i've seen on on these guys you know uh they're they're big behemoth guys but they're so fluid and uh and so agile and so smooth i you know i would i would hope you know, not necessarily throwing him throw them in there as a rookie but i would hope if you draft a guy you know in the in the middle of the, the middle of the first round, that you'd like to get something out of him as a rookie, mm-hmm. um, and then in that second year, say, here you go. Yeah, you're you're, uh, but, you're up. You know, hopefully, hopefully he'd be you know solid enough where, and a lot of times it's not the physical part of it; it's the it's the mental part of it. it mm-hmm. It's it's from from uh, going from college football to the National Football League. It's like going from undergraduate to graduate school, trying to get your doctorate before you get your undergraduate degree. You know, it's, right. It's a little tough. So, out of the guys you, you've looked at, who who do you think is the – who's your top uh, tackles in this draft right now? I mean, I, we're probably not going to get the top one at 18, but who do you who do you have them ranked as? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still – I haven't looked at, uh, at, at tape of uh, – enough tape of all of them yet. Okay. But uh, – you know, Fashano, I think how you pronounce his name from Penn State. I think yeah. he's, I think he's a talent. I think he, I don't think he's going to be there at eighteen. I'd be, I'd be stunned uh, if he were there at eighteen. Um, Washington's got a good one. I mean, he's, he's a solid player. There's, 
There's no quite no question about that. Fuaga, Oregon State, the big beast. He's a, he's a monster, and man, he is so fluid. When he pulls and runs, it's like wow. I just, I just can't believe how how gifted you know some of these guys are. Uh, Mims from from Georgia talked about him a little bit. You know, I think I think he's you know he he's he's the one he's, I like. I like him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's you know another guy that uh, uh, I guess you could look at a little bit out of Oklahoma, Guyton. You know, he, he's another one that I, I, I'm, I'm, he might be like a later first round candidate. But I mean, I do think I think there's going to be somebody there that is worthy of that 18th pick in the draft out of the I mean, there's there's like more than a handful, you know, right. over half a dozen of these offensive tackles are first round prospects. You know, I mean, it's 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 legit. And, and really, you know, you just got to hope that all the quarterbacks get picked. They don't slide. Yeah. You know, all the all right. the great wide receivers get and picked. Not- they don't slide. And those 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 offensive linemen, you know, the numbers are still up there. Wow, it's, it's here we are at number ten, and there's only two offensive linemen that have come out. About Joe Alt's gone. Alt's yeah. gone in probably the top five. You know, right, right. But but, but he, he'll you know, hopefully a couple more are gone by the time they get out of the uh, you know out of the top twelve. And now it's like, ooh, might have a really good opportunity grab one of these guys at 18 there may be somebody left there for the choosing now i got i got a scenario for you would you be surprised if they i mean i'm not surprised i know they're going to most likely sign a veteran right tackle but let's say they they go with because i really like jason powers johnson uh a kid out of uh oregon i, I think because getting a center i think would be would is is the anchor to your offensive line now i would put put him at guard at first and let Take care of finish it out center this year, and then yeah, and then move him in. But if but so one of the uh, draft experts came on my show, and he put a bug in my ear that if you can get uh, JPJ at at eighteen, there's a good chance you might be able to get another right tackle that maybe wouldn't start for you this year, but might start for you next year in the second round. Do you think the 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 offensive line is that deep in this draft? I think it is. I think the, I think you can get a quality offensive lineman in the second round. Now you may have to move up a little bit uh-huh. in the second round. That's the other thing. The Bengals have nine picks. They got their all the seven of their picks, and they have right. the two, you know, compensatory picks. All eight of the guys they drafted last year made the football team. Uh-huh. So you got to think. All right, nine picks this year. You're going to have 17 guys make your football team in two years. I mean, I, I, to to think all all the rookies that you draft this year going to make the roster and have. And not only did they make the roster, by the time the season was over, they had significant roles. I mean, they were all on the 53-man roster and active on game day and and uh, providing roles for the football team. So it's like maybe you will – maybe it's an opportunity to package, you know, a couple of the picks and move up in the round two or round three or whatever and, uh, and, and, and target, you know, people in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, you look at it and you say, man – if uh, if Murphy's there, the big the, the tackle from uh, or he's not that big, but I mean he, he's a powerful kid, the kid from Texas. Yeah, Texas, yeah. It's uh-huh. like there's there's yeah. not there's not that many defensive tackles. They're more edge guys, deeper at edge. But this guy is a freak. I mean, this guy will probably run like a four seven forty, and like you know he can he can squat the world. I mean he can clean three hundred seventy five pounds. I mean he he does. He's got unbelievable lateral movement. The, the explosion, the power he shows. Now he's like six one, but hey, you know Geno Atkins was right. yeah, under, yeah. under six one. Exactly. I mean, if a guy can play, a guy can play, and and so it's like you say. All right, there are fewer centers. There are fewer defensive tackles. Do you think, man? I can st- I could get you know an offensive tackle. I could get the wide receivers. I mean, if I'm looking at what, maybe for a wide receiver, 
It's deep there. It's deep there at offensive tackle. I mean, you know, maybe you play that game a little bit. There's a million ways they could go. And again, first you got to decide who you're going to sign of your own, then who you're going to sign out there in, in veteran free agency. Uh-huh. And now you start thinking about the draft. Then again, there's their trade possibilities. I mean, they don't they don't come in, in big numbers in the National Football League. I mean, it's not, you know, people say, ah, make a trade. There's not there's never a ton of those bad boys. No. Not, 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 it's not like baseball. It's, it's, right. not, it's not like, it's not like it, they don't trade, trade very often. Just that, that's the way it is. What's your thoughts on sweat? I call, I call him a, a DJ reader 2.0. That, that dude, I, <laughs> I saw him at the senior bowl, just bend the center, just bending back backwards. I mean, he's a big dude, but lap, he can freaking move his yeah. going forward. I don't think he needs to do any spin moves or nothing like that, but his power straight forward is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, I think, you know, he'd be a guy that you'd look at that would be, like you said, more of the DJ Reader type, you know. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, I, how, did, how did Texas lose games with those two guys? <laughs> the of their I don't know. <laughs> right. Man. <laughs> like, right next to each other. They're I know. Huge. It's like they, they had to just create havoc. I bet every every uh, center and pair of guard combination that played Texas thought, what the heck? Is this the National <laughs> Football League? Man, this isn't college football, is it? What the heck? How would you like to go against – I got genetic freaks here, man. How would you like to go against – well, you say you went against two, Ed Tutal-Jones. Uh, it's probably just oh, it's the same way, but how's, what's it like going against a guy like Ed Tutal-Jones or seeing uh, sweat on the other side of the line from you? You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, man, trust your technique. You know, just, <laughs> don't, don't lose your mind here. And then I'll tell you, man, when I was a rookie – um, going up against Mike Reed for the first time. Yeah. Oh, pass rush drill against Mike Reed. I mean, it's like, I know what I can close my eyes. How did he get from there to there so quick? This guy <laughs> was explosive, man. Right. I mean, he'd get in that frog stance. He'd, uh, he had kind of like had all his weight back in a frog stance, and he just exploded. It was like, wow, this guy is like unbelievable. His, his quick twitch was like that of a running back, you know? And he's like 255, 260 pounds and just explosive. It's like, Oh man, he had uh, he had five sacks against Gene Upshaw Ooh. in a game when when we played the Raiders, and I thought, yeah. oh well, you know, hey, at least at least I'm not the only guy that's thinking, what the heck is this guy all about? Hey, I'm not that bad. He got him. Yeah, he got Gene Upshaw. He's supposed to be a Pro Bowler. There, what's going on? Right, exactly, exactly. Um, I always like bringing this game up because I always because you don't ever see this very often, but the game that you played, uh. Every position, I have, I'm, I'm correct. Guard with a guard, center, and both tackles. Is that, is that what you played? I played. Uh, there were two games that I played all five positions oh, in yeah. the same game. Yeah, yeah, and that that to me is is remarkable because we talk about trying to move guys around. Like, like just, <laughs> I brought this up when they're talking moving Jonah from left to right. I said he can do it. I said I kept bringing you up. I said Dave Lapham played one game, played every position. I'm sure he can go from left to right. I mean, it, it's I know it's the exact opposite of of doing everything which you've been used to. But is it does it you find it surprising that guys don't move around as much as as you you were able to? Yeah, I mean, I I know it's uh you some guys are so right handed. I, I I wasn't ambidextrous as such, but I yeah. mean, I didn't I, like I played high school basketball and I could use both my right and left hand, you know. Um, so I mean, I, I felt comfortable moving on a basketball court. You could know, you dunk it? Could, could you I, dunk? I, think I could, yeah. But we couldn't. We weren't allowed to. Uh, you get a technical foul if you dunked in warmups when I was in high school. Oh come on! Oh yeah. So that was that was the deal. Oh geez. I don't know if they were wrecking too many uh, rims and backboards. I don't know what the deal you're, was. You're hanging on the rim too much, Dave. Yeah, right. <laughs> but 
yeah, I, I mean, I, I just I thought that honestly, I think basketball really helped me in that regard because I felt comfortable, you know, moving both ways on a court and felt like, uh, you know, that really helped my footwork and, um, you know, foot quickness and all that sort of thing. So we didn't have wrestling in my high school. So I was a senior and the wrestling coaches, man, you got to wrestle. I said, I, I got three years of basketball. and I'm the captain of the basketball team this year, man. I got to play basketball. And he went nuts on me, but I mean, I, you know, wrestling certainly would have helped. And that helps you with football too. But mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, any uh, any young offensive lineman, man, go out there and work on a basketball court. That'll definitely help your your movement skills. There's no question, you know, and, and work on staying low and, and, you know, work, bend your knees. Don't bend at the hips, bend at the knees and all the things you need to do. Did you ever play baseball? Were you ever a baseball player? Yeah, I did. I played uh, – I was a catcher in baseball, yeah. Ooh, and you then, must uh, have a big catcher. That's a big yeah, target big back catcher. there. <laughs> yeah, big backstop for sure. Yeah, they're, they're, the umpires love me. I mean, nothing to get past me too much. But big, big body back there blocking stuff. There you go. And then I, and then I, uh, I put the shot and threw the discus for the track team too. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. That's that's cool. And that's the thing. A lot, a lot of kids these days just play one sport. And, I, you know, I keep trying to – Tell people like let them play multiple sports because I mean, like you said, baseball or excuse me, basketball, the footwork and everything translate. And uh, the the uh, Chargers, it was San Diego Chargers at the time. They're they're tight end who should, uh, I think is getting in the Hall of Fame this year or should be getting in. Uh, Gates, uh, he was a basketball player, college Antonio basketball Gates, player, yeah. Antonio Gates. So yeah. that that translated for him in the football. And a lot of these sports translate and make, I mean, I, I hate to give Patrick Mahomes any kind of credit on on this <laughs> this podcast, right. but. You know, the reason he could throw the ball at different angles and stuff because he was a shortstop and played baseball. Yep. Yep. So that he, he could pitch. I mean, his dad was a major league pitcher, and mm -hmm. he was a hell of a basketball player, too. I mean, he yeah. was a multi-sport guy. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, I agree with you. It's like, you know, if, if you're if you're specializing in one sport, the one thing that, that playing all these different sports, you're working different muscle groups, you know, body awareness and body development with all these different sports, there's, there's no way that can hurt you. Right. No way. And you know, a lot of the coaches want man, just get in the weight room, keep pounding iron, you know. Don't don't go out there and mess around with that. Well, you can still lift and play well, basketball. That's, you know, that's what's funny. I remember back when I was in high school for baseball, they didn't want us to lift because they would right. throw they said throw a swing off. Well, that's right. not true. It'll bind you up, it'll make yeah. you muscle bound. Yeah. 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 They wouldn't let us like the off season, I was we lift them, but during the season, nope, don't lift. I'm like, all right, right. Well, right. well, what do I know? Um so another good, another guy uh, who's a pretty good at basketball is a uh, uh, jackpot. He uh, he, uh, he seen a couple of videos of him. He's a, he was a damn good shooter. Still's a damn good shooter. <laughs> like he don't he don't miss. He, he was all state. Yeah, all state basketball player. Yeah, I mean, and he he was a hell of a baseball player too. He played them all. Uh, exactly. You know, it's, it, there, there's I, I I just think there's tremendous benefits to that. I really do. I agree. Uh, let's see. This is an interesting question. Crips Crips Crip Keeper always has interesting questions here. He said, "Hey Lap." Is it true you had to show Jamar Gresham the business in the locker room after a game? <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a, we had a little bit of a a little bit of a, an altercation. It, it didn't get physical or anything, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we we had a little a little issue uh, post game one time. Yeah, but got over it quickly and, and moved on. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh, did you ever have any any problems with with, with Corey Dillon in, in, in the locker room or anything like that? Because I mean, Corey, like I said, Corey's been on my show a ton here lately. I mean, Corey's yeah, been I mean, awesome to me. Yeah, I think I, Corey, Corey's uh, you know he, he's he's really really accessible and and uh, he, he's Corey's a smart guy. Oh yeah, uh, he speaks well. I mean, he he's a great communicator. He he 
wasn't interested in doing a whole heck of a lot of that as a player. Um, and you know, that was understandable. I mean, he had his reasons and, and he's, but he's he, I, I always, I always got along with and respected Corey Dillon to the utmost. I mean, that, that guy, you talk about a beast, man. I mean, as, as a, as a former offensive lineman, I just, I had the utmost respect for how he approached the game and how he ran the football. Like, Oh my God, man, this guy, this is an offensive lineman's best friend, the way this guy hammers it. How, how was it calling the uh, was it the two sixty five game? I think is the one against Denver when Denver had the the no one run defense and no, none of us none of us saw it. I mean, I, I've told Corey this before where I was watching whatever game was on because the Bengals game was blacked out. And I, I'm listening to, to you and was it was it Brad Johansson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, to you you guys on on the radio. And they're like, hey, Corey's gone again. You're like, go, Corey. Like, oh, man, I'll it, tell you, it, the, the thing that they were doing, they were playing like 11 in the box. Yeah. I mean, they, they thought that we're not even going to worry about the passing game. We're going to put like, you know, ten, they would definitely have 10 in the box. I mean, I'm like, I can't believe. So it, he would he would make an unblocked guy miss because, you know, you couldn't block more than seven of them. Yeah. He'd make one of them miss. And there was nobody. nobody. So, I mean, once he, once he made that guy miss, you know, four yards behind the, beyond the line of scrimmage, See you later, because that's the thing about Corey Dillon. People don't realize this. This dude had breakaway speed <laughs> to go with the, the the power and size and everything. The, Corey Dillon did not get caught from behind. No. If he busted it, it was like, "See ya! See don't ya. hit your head in the goalpost. See you later." I remember the one I was talking to about it is the 90, 96 yarder he had in uh, uh, yep. uh, Detroit. Yeah, that one. I mean, he hit it, and that hole opened, and he was gone. Man, and I'm is, telling you. He, Corey, you know, he he practiced that. He would run to to in practice. He would run every play to yep. the goal line every every time. Yep, he'd run it to the goal line, jog it back. Yep, and he that's he got his conditioning, his cardio, and uh, you know that was good. Uh, you know, uh, good juju for him. You know, he was, pra- he, was pra- he was practicing. All right, so I I want to bring this this uh, this comment up here. Yesterday we had an interesting comment from Wells here. I want in this. We got one for you real quick. I'll get you out of here on this one. He said, is it true that Pat McNally came into the film room naked once? Not naked, um, <laughs> but um, not totally naked. <laughs> Just a jock strap? <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, It was a jock. Yeah, it was. Uh, he, he had on he had on uh, some some footwear and uh, a hat and a T-shirt, maybe. And that was about it. Not, to- not totally naked. And Close I can, enough. And I, and I can tell you what. He was nervous because the turtle was in the shell, man. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't, and it wasn't that cold, you know. I mean, it was just, it was just pure nerves right there. <laughs> oh god, that's awesome. Oh Jesus, Daniel, I appreciate you, man. I, I love having you on the show. You've been over fifty minutes. I'm gonna let you go, man. Uh, go, go, pl- uh, plug some stuff. You got your in the uh, trenches podcast and everything else you got going on. Yeah, got uh, here d- during the off season for sure. We we do. Uh, uh, podcast in the trenches with dave lapham brought to you by first star logistics we'll do uh boy here around the combine and everything we'll probably have at least two maybe three a week um in in the off season try to hit a couple a week and during the season hit try to get three out there a week to try to post so uh that's a year-round thing and yeah i appreciate anybody that might want to take a listen I, i just most recent one i did a couple of podcasts with phil sims um we got uh, just got a podcast uh, yesterday with Riscotti, the newest uh, coach, uh, the the pass game coordinator. Talked yeah. to him. Yeah, he did it. He did a half hour with me. So I mean, 
it's a lot of fun. Just like like you're having fun strawberry ice. I try to do the same, man. I always try. Hey, Dave, let's. Like I said, this is my dream. I've always wanted to do this. So I like if you can't have fun talking about sports, then why the hell are you doing it? Right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's not rocket science, man. Right, exactly. I, I wanted to ask you about the the coaches though. I didn't get to it, but I, you've been on long enough. I will let you go, man. I appreciate you, Dave. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is my comment on coach. They have twenty four now on the staff. I know. Well, okay, so does that Paul right. Brown spinning in his grave? <laughs> That I'm like because we were known for not having enough scouting, you know, scouting board. Now we got a whole bunch of coaches. We have more coaches than we've ever had. I mean, we have a passing game coordinator, Dave. Paul Brown's going, what the hell is that? <laughs> you know, no, I mean, you, get, you got an offensive coordinator, you have a run game coordinator, right. offensive line coach, you have a pass game coordinator, you have a quarterback coach, you have a wide receiver. It's like, whoo! <laughs> you have an assistant offensive line coach. You, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's a different day. There's no doubt, but. Everybody's doing it, man. Yeah. Everybody's doing it, and and uh, everybody's trying to find just that little, that one thing that's going to make a difference, going to put you over the top. Yeah, well, and that thing might, it might hopefully shut some people up about they need more voices in the room and Zach needs to stop uh, uh, play calling and all that stuff because they're having more people in and di- different voices. So it kind of helps out with some of the, some of that, I think, you know, where, where people are like, oh, that's, that's not the same guys. Like, yeah, well, the same guys got us through Super Bowl and AFC Championship game too, so. I, right. I like I like the hire, though, Roscotti. He comes from, from Minnesota. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got a quarterback up there that's got unbelievable football IQ, Cousins. Right. You know, and, and he looks at the game uh, through the same kind of prism that Joe Burrow does. So uh, there, I think there's a lot of similarity there with, with what goes on with quarterbacks. And uh, the two head coaches are good friends, respect each other. There's a lot of a lot of similarities there. I mean, I, I think it's going to be uh, very interesting the contributions that he's going to make and and what they uh, what they do up in Minnesota and how they do it. I mean, I, I think that's going to be valuable info. And real quick, one more thing: How cool was it to listen to Brian Callahan uh, talk about the Bengals organization, the Browns, his relationship with Zach. I mean, he's saying stuff about the Brown Blackboard family that, I, sorry, honestly, there's times I never thought I'd hear somebody talk that nicely about them. I mean, he was literally tearing up talking about them. I mean, I, that, I thought that was very thoughtful and just the, shows how things have changed around here, I think, Dave. Yeah, it shows that, and it shows a lot about Brian Callahan. You know, I mean, he did. He, he was choked up. I mean, he yeah. was emotional, and uh, – you know, when he's particularly when he started talking about Mike and um, and and honestly, I mean, here, there's a football lifer. You know, his dad was yep. coach still in the game coaching. So, I mean, football is Brian Callahan's entire life. And uh, yeah, I, I just think he got overwhelmed by the fact that here's the opportunity that I've been working for my whole life to be a head coach in the National Football League. And and who who made the biggest contribution to help me get here it was the yep. Brown Blackburn family and. Zach Taylor, I, I think it just it was all all overwhelming to me, all overwhelming to him. But when I think about Brian Callahan, the number one thing I think about with that guy, not just his football acumen, but dude, just an unbelievable people person. He is right. a relationship guy. He might be as good a human being as you're ever gonna want to meet in your life. Right. And uh I think I think he's gonna do well. I really do. Hey, real quick. Um We'll let you know we're having the Jackpot Joey golf outing May 19th. If you are in town and want to go swing some golf clubs, uh, let me know. We, we will have a spot for you. Where, where are you guys? Where, what what where golf course do you guys use? Uh, Ashton Oaks. It's there, Ashton out here. Oaks. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the west side. We got we got, we got to stay with the west side. There you go. <laughs> I hear you. Well, if, you're, if you're interested, let me know. We will, we will get you to foursome. Or if you want to, if you got to foursome, 
let us know. We will we will uh, we will get you in there. It's a, it's a good time, and uh, like all 100 percent of the money goes to the Joe Burrow Foundation. So if awesome. you're interested, try to get a foursome or just want to come in and and play, just let me know. Good stuff. Good work. Appreciate you, sir. All right, Dave. I appreciate you, man. Take it easy. Have a good one. See ya. All right, guys, dude. I, I, Dave Lapham is awesome. He is such a cool, down earth guy. I love having him on. He's <laughs> the Pat Wells. He did it again with the Pat Mac Pat, I almost said Pat McAfee. Pat Mac McAnally. I get it right. <laughs> Story. That was great. Anyway, you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for watching. Make sure you hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscription. Share the show out. Uh, I had a lot of views on yesterday's show with the Jack Strap story. Now we got the uh, the almost naked story of uh, Pat McAnally. So <laughs> you can share that out. I've been live streaming on ZTV, YouTube, X, Rumble. And if you're listening to the podcast on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitch Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, please make sure you rate, like, and review. Shout out to all my sponsors. Go down to the Home and Garden Show. Go check out my boys at Meyer Door and Window. Get your free estimate. If you need some windows for the springtime coming up, you know, it's going to get you know, it gets hot here since tonight. Get you some nice windows. Keep that nice, cool AC in. It's, it's probably still going to get cold here, too, so you want to keep it warm. But make sure you go check out Meyer Door and Windows. Also, if you're out and about, go to Midwest Best Barbecue, especially, uh, I think it's April 26th. Uh, whatever the second day of the um, draft is, uh, we're uh, Project Game Day and Penguins Brewers and Cincy Hat are going to be doing a uh, draft day party there uh, at Midwest Best. So Cincy Hat, Midwest Best, all going to be there. The Brew Crew is going to be there. I hope I'm going to be there. They're saying I, I got to get a ticket, so hopefully they'll they'll give me a ticket so I can get in. <laughs> but uh, when all that information comes out, uh, Penguins Brewers and them will. Uh, Share it out. So make sure go eat some chicken wings. Get the Uno wings. Like I said I still can't figure out. If I like the Uno wings or I like see TB wings the best. Uh, those are the two that I'm, I'm, you know, still trying to figure out. Anyway, uh, shout out to T Properties, Jackpot Joey, all that cool stuff. You guys have a wonderful day. Um, it was gonna be Angelo Dawkins on the show tomorrow. He had to cancel. We're moving him to next Tuesday. So I'm not sure who's gonna be on the show tomorrow. I'm reaching out to a couple of different people. Yeah, but it'll be a great show. Uh, Thursday. It's as confirmed as I can get it that Greg Vaughn is going to be on the show, former Red on the 99 team. is going to be on the show on Thursday. Uh, other than that, you guys have a wonderful evening. Throw it up. That's your sports, baby. See ya!